0: Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, January 3rd. A conversation with the new CEO of the San Diego Housing Commission. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. CBP is reopening the Pad West border crossing at the San Ysidro Port of Entry tomorrow morning. The northbound operations will be open every day from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., And the southbound facility will also be open daily, but from 3 in the afternoon to 11 at night. CBP temporarily closed the crossing last month because of an influx of migrant crossings. There's a lot going on with the weather today. To start, it's going to be raining and there's a chance of thunderstorms. There's another high surf advisory starting this afternoon in the county's coastal areas. The National Weather Service says waves can reach up to 10 feet causing dangerous swimming and surfing conditions and potential beach erosion. The advisory will be in effect until 10 tomorrow night. But that's not the only advisory in effect. There's a wind advisory in the mountains and desert starting at 10 this morning. Gusts could reach up to 55 miles per hour. That advisory will be in effect until 4 a.m. tomorrow. The rain is expected to clear up by tomorrow. If you're a nonpartisan registered voter and want to vote for president in the primary election in March, you have a deadline coming up this week. You have until Friday to let the registrar's office know which crossover party ballot you want. You should have received a prepaid return postcard requesting the information. If you don't update this info, you get a nonpartisan ballot in the mail and it will not show the presidential primary contest or candidates. For more information, head to sdvote.com. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
1: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura,
0: The San Diego Housing Commission is the city's affordable housing agency. It administers the city's homelessness and affordable housing dollars. That money funds housing projects and shelters and rental assistance. Last month, city leaders selected Lisa Jones to be the commission's new president and CEO. She spoke with my colleague, Andrew Bracken, about the crisis the city faces in securing safe, affordable housing for San Diegans. Here's that conversation.
2: So you've been with the commission for about six years now. What are your priorities in this new role?
3: Well, uh, really to strengthen our partnerships, reach some of our community-based organizations throughout our city that um, we can build partnerships to better reach underserved populations. Obviously a huge focus on how we can further affordable housing development as well as preserve existing affordable housing and naturally occurring affordable housing.
2: And now the Housing Commission didn't always provide homelessness services. I'm curious, you know, what have you learned or or rather what has surprised you as the agency has moved into this direction more?
3: Well, I think it's um, how important it is to have multiple partners in the space. I don't know if that's a surprise, but it certainly is a key ingredient to being successful. There's enough work here for all of us and having the political leadership and the political will to commit the funds that need to be there, and also, frankly, the partners and the staffing to do the work is going to be critical. And and, and frankly, staffing is going to continue to be a, a big concern as we ramp up efforts across our community.
2: Now, yours is a city agency, and as we know, homelessness is a problem across San Diego County. I think it's something San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria made quite a point of last year. How do you plan to coordinate and work with other cities in the county?
3: Well, some of the things that we do is often honestly offer our expertise and our own experience with um, standing up programs, with identifying best practices, things that work well, things that can work better, with navigating what can sometimes feel like a, a complex homeless crisis response system. A lot of what we can do to support other cities and the county is provide sort of support and resource and technical assistance on what we've learned and then help them stand up their own programs.
2: And would you say your focus more now is on building more shelters or building more affordable housing?
3: So um, we know the mayor's administration is very focused on shelter, and we certainly support those efforts because crisis response is what we need right now with so many people um, experiencing homelessness on the streets. But what we really need is prevention and long-term housing options, and it's certainly going to be a big focus of the commission in our advocacy work for state funding, for federal funding and really bringing in more dollars to support that, our big focus is going to be around prevention and furthering long-term affordable housing options, also while we continue to support and administer some of the city's shelter programs.
2: And on those affordable housing options, I mean, what's really a bigger challenge for your agency? I mean, is it building those affordable housing options or helping families pay rent?
3: So helping families pay rent can go a long way, particularly from a prevention aspect. Um, it's less expensive and it's less traumatic for the family. But you know, arena numbers make it very clear as a city and as a county that we need more housing production. So. Housing production, looking at densification of our own existing um, housing properties and communities that we already have is really something that's on our minds. How can we create more housing on existing sites? And really looking at how we can advocate for additional assistance at a federal level so that we have the resources to help further affordable housing development, whether it's our own densification or whether it's partnering with our affordable housing developers.
2: So we've touched on this, San Diego has a severe housing shortage it's fallen far behind its production goals. Here is how San Diego City Council Member Kent Lee put it late last year.
1: The fact is we are significantly behind on housing production. Our home prices are rising at one of the highest rates in the nation, while only 62 total units of moderate income housing were approved in 2021 and 2022. We are even further behind on developing very low-income housing, where 645 units have been permitted, just 1.5% of the 27,000-plus units required to meet state guidelines by 2029. At this rate, the city's annual production will have to more than triple to more than 16,000 units per year and stay that high for six years, a pace that the city hasn't achieved in any recent memory.
2: So there's a lot there. Where do you start in this new role? I mean, this sounds like a big hole to fill here.
3: It's a sobering, those are sobering statistics, right? And I think I talked a little bit about this when I spoke to city council is we have some hard work ahead and to a large degree as a state, as a city, we're seeing it federally, we're heading into some times of of more restricted funding. In order to further affordable housing, we need those tax credit resources. We need voucher resources. And those are both limited. We're going to have to get really creative on how we continue to produce affordable housing densification is certainly part of that also more mixed income communities where we're doing affordable workforce and then 80 to 120 percent AMI is probably one of the things that we're going to have to look at so that we can sort of spread those resources and get those new units online but frankly we have some challenges ahead and um, you know a lot of the work around streamlining zoning processes and planning processes that alone isn't going to solve that we also need more tax credit resources and, and frankly we need more voucher funding.
2: And finally, you know, what resources does the Housing Commission offer that you'd like to share with our audience? What should they be aware of that um, the Housing Commission does here?
3: So I think um, things that often get missed are prevention programs. There's a lot of opportunity to stabilize people in housing before they end up experiencing that homelessness crisis. We have a Housing First San Diego hotline, and we also have a 211 San Diego. If you call 211 San Diego and say that you're in a housing crisis and are about to lose your housing in the city of San Diego, they can connect you to our Housing First San Diego hotline and our prevention programs. I think it's critically important that people are aware that the best resource is to keep people in their housing when they can and and stabilize them. So that resource. Going through 211, or going through our website and accessing our Housing First San Diego email address are great ways to try to stabilize folks. I will also say that many of the folks experiencing homelessness have children, are seniors. They are your neighbors. They are potentially your children, your brother, your mother, your parents. Anybody can experience a housing crisis, and you know we really need to continue to address this considerable issue with compassion, understanding.
0: That was President and CEO of the San Diego Housing Commission Lisa Jones speaking with KPBS Midday Edition producer Andrew Bracken. In efforts to help San Diegans financially, the new year has brought a new minimum wage for employees in the city of San Diego and across the county. Reporter Jacob Ayer says there's a larger raise for fast food workers on the horizon. As of January
2: 1st, the hourly minimum wage rose to 16.85 in the city of San Diego and to $16 in the rest of San Diego County and California. It's a modest raise compared to last year's, but on April 1st, a far more impactful wage hike will take place, boosting the hourly pay of California's fast food workers to $20 an hour. Cosmos Burger owner, Eren Unur, says small businesses like his own will feel the pinch. Like a McDonald's in and out, they can afford to pay $20, but not like the small businesses. If they can do the same job over there in $200, who I'm going to pay the $16, $18 to make a burger? The April 1st wage hike applies to all fast food chains with 60 or more locations nationwide. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
0: Coming up, the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance shined at the Rose Parade. We'll have that story and more just after the break.
1: We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
0: This weekend's big surf caused a lot of damage along San Diego's coast. Reporter Melissa May tells us about the impact on the Ocean Beach Pier.
2: The Ocean Beach Pier has been closed since October due to public safety concerns. Then this weekend's waves knocked off railings and one of the pier's structural pilings. The city has already been working to come up with solutions to potentially replace the pier and is engaging the public in the process. City of San Diego spokesperson Jose Isaya says the next meeting will be in
0: April.
1: Right now we're waiting for consultants to come back in a few months with the results from those uh, meetings and with that input on what the community recommends and what the consultants think we can do to to replace it and, and keep everybody happy. The city says the pier will be closed through the rest of the storm season and the earliest it
2: could be open is late February. For more information about the proposed renewal, go to www.obpeerrenewal.com. Melissa May, KPBS News.
0: California's first snowpack measurement of 2024 finds levels that are well below normal for this time of year. Environment reporter Eric Anderson says it's quite a difference from a year ago. California Snow Survey team took measurements of a
1: fairly meager snowpack at Phillips Station near Lake Tahoe. State snow watcher Sean DeGuzman says the station is one of several locations where officials measure snow to estimate how much water is stored there.
2: The survey today recorded a snow depth of 7.5 inches and a snow water content of 3 inches. That results in 30 percent of average to date.
1: A year ago, this location was under four and a half feet of snow after strong December storms. California snowpack began the last calendar year 162 percent above average. It climbed to 232 percent above average just two weeks later. Two cold storms expected this week could boost this year's snowpack significantly. Eric Anderson, KPBS News.
0: The San Diego Wildlife Alliance won the Most Beautiful Float Trophy in the Rose Parade earlier this week. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us about the float.
2: It began with a roar 107 years ago when the San Diego Zoo first started protecting and preserving wild animals. Now a billion people a year benefit from in-person visits to the zoo and safari park and online programs that are shared to 150 countries around the world. The 55-foot float entered in the Rose Parade featured replicas of some of the most popular animals. Eight-year-old Violet Anderson and her family came all the way from Chicago this week for the chance to be entertained and educated at the zoo.
1: I like how there are a ton of animals
2: and you actually get to experience to be around animals that you probably wouldn't see,
1: even if you looked really hard.
2: The wildlife float was awarded the Sweepstakes Trophy for most beautiful creation at the Pasadena Parade. M.G.
0: Perez, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Teppi Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. Bye.